What is up, everybody? How are you doing today? Hey, today's an awesome day. We are doing a new name reveal here today. It's going to be really awesome. New name for the church. Kenzie and I are not having another baby ever. So, um, and name reveals from me and Kenzie are always, inter- they're always interesting. We're going to name our daughter Story. How do you spell that? S-T-O-R-Y, story. Or we're going to name our daughter Scout, right? A name reveal with Kyle Lashley involved is going to be interesting. So uh, today, this name reveal, it is a unique name. It is an interesting name, but I think it's, I think it's going to be really awesome for our church. Um, so if you came to Christian Life today, this is your first time here. This is also your last time at Christian Life today. So we are changing the name over, and I'm excited. September is going to kind of be the relaunch time where we're kind of relaunching our church. We've been through a lot as a church and we're coming out of it all. And we're coming out of it with renewed strength, renewed passion, renewed vision, renewed promises of God. And so I'm super, I'm super excited to share with you kind of this new phase of, uh, of where we're headed. Before I read a scripture here, I want to make sure that you are here next weekend. Do not miss next weekend. I've got a friend of mine who is going to be here from the UK, from England. John and Chantel Norman are going to be here. They are really awesome people. I just got to know them actually through this last year and a half. Um, I got connected with them, got to know them a little bit. This is going to be our first time kind of meeting in person, but he's a pastor. Both of them are pastoring in a, ch- uh, a church in the UK that they took over seven years ago. I think they just celebrated seven years of their of Soul Church, right, of their leadership at the church there. And the church is booming. It's kicking butt. It's an awesome church. But he has been an awesome voice for me whenever I'm like, hey, John, how would you do this or how would you do that? Because he knows what it's like to take over a church and lead and lead through pandemic and lead through, you know, all kinds of stuff. He's been a really good voice. And so I'm looking forward, Kenzie and I, to meeting them in person. I'm, I'm really excited about them speaking to our church next weekend. They're awesome people. You're going to love them. Do not miss it. Um, also, we were supposed to have Stephen Wesley in June, and we are rescheduling him for the fall because COVID restrictions uh, held him back from being able to travel. And so we are going to have him in the fall. I'm super excited about that. It's going to be awesome. He's got a great ministry around race reconciliation, and he's just an awesome, awesome uh, leader and thinker and communicator. I got connected with him through Nathan Finocchio. He's going to be doing some courses on Nathan's platform, and he said, hey, you should have this guy. got to know him. He's awesome. I can't wait to bring him here. That's going to be this fall. I won't tell you when he's coming in the fall. Just come every Sunday in the fall, and one of them, he will be here, okay? Um, so that's awesome, too. Hey, also, I wanted to give you an update on the Richmond building for a moment. So we are kind of in the phase now of starting. We're, we filed for the permit to start renovations there. And so I think we got a couple pictures of Richmond. I just want to give you a virtual tour for those who have not seen the space. Tiny little storefront space up front is what it looks like. But when you go inside the building, um, there's, there's beautiful green carpet. It is wonderful. And, um, and this space all right here is every single wall in this space is going to be ripped out. The carpet is going to be ripped out. I know you're really sad about that. You're really sad about that. But the carpet, that carpet, that carpet is something special, right? So, but that's actually, we're building a new bathroom there. And how fun would it be if the bathroom just had orange carpet? How fun would that be? Um, 
but we're gonna do polished concrete floors. This is the back of the building. Um, the front of the building is from 1949, and the back of the building is from 1969. So they added it on later. This originally was a Coke bottling factory, and the bottom part is where all the workers were, were assembling, I guess, or doing their job, and then the back part was where the fleet vehicles would come in and load up and then drive for deliveries and so this back part is a garage, beautiful garage door space, but we're polishing that concrete, we're cleaning it all up, painting, it's gonna be beautiful. The back part will be used as a studio. We're gonna do a ton of great content, and I've got some announcements coming up on that here shortly, but a ton of great content that's gonna help people become fully alive in Jesus. That's what it's all about. And so we've got content we're about to do, but also when we don't, Use that space. We're setting up the building. Do you guys have the uh, floor plan of the building by chance? So you can kind of see, it's probably too small for you to see um, here, but this back part of the building um, is the studio space. The front part is our working office space, um, and our foundation is gonna be working out of the front part. This back part right here, that little, that wall over, is gonna be the studio, and when we're not using it, we can rent it out to people who need, like, music or film studio or whatever, and we're told that the going rate for a space that size is about $1,000 a day. And so financially, for, a church, for our church, that's gonna create some extra income, which is gonna be awesome. It's gonna be really good for us. Someone asked me about our finances on this building or whatever. I'll, I'll give you a quick snapshot for anyone who's interested, okay? We have one loan as a church, and it's on this building. It's 2.6 million, and this building is worth 3.6 million. We own $360,000 worth of land in Midlow. That is the assessed value. We could sell it for much more than that. That's like the tax assessed value. So $360,000 worth of land in Midlow. We own $300,000 worth of land back here that we cannot build on, and therefore we are gonna sell it and use it to renovate Richmond. Richmond right now is assessed at $530,000, and when we renovate it, it's probably gonna be closer to a million dollar property. So if you take the one loan we have on this building and all the other stuff we own, we're at about 54% debt to, debt to uh, equity ratio. So Dave Ramsey's happy. We're moving in the right direction. We're managing stuff well. It's all great. Um, God has been faithful. He's been good. We've had a tough year financially just in terms of pandemic and everyone, you know, we've had a tough year. But you guys have been so generous. You've been so good that honestly it hasn't hasn't shaken our church. We've been able to continue to do the things that God has called us to do and take ground for the kingdom of God. That's what's important to me. I don't wanna just kind of sit back and just kind of, you know, um, there are times to be conservative and all that, but I feel a bold vision and I feel God saying step out in faith. And so that's where we are right now. I'm excited about, as we come out of the pandemic, we are poised for a new season and a new phase. All right, so for all you financial nerds who are writing in your calculators, there you go, there's the numbers. All right, new name. This is gonna be good. Um, you know I can't just say it, I have to build it up. So, okay, Genesis 35, one through 15, I'm not gonna read all of this. Uh, I, I read it last service and it took way too long and I was embarrassed at the names I couldn't pronounce, so here we go. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna jump right here to put away your foreign gods that are among you and purify yourselves and change your garments. Then let us arise and go up to Bethel so that I may take there an altar to God who answers me in the day of my distress and has been with me wherever I have gone. Um, this is Jacob 
Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The promise of God came. Uh, Abraham was given a promise. I'm gonna make you into uh, many nations, a great nation. And then Isaac, his son, and then Jacob. And Jacob is now saying, put away the foreign gods that are among you. Change your garments, right? It's time to change clothes. It's time to put away the foreign gods that are among you. This whole series on rebuild has actually been kind of trying to help us understand that, you know, we tend to think that only pagans worship, you know, only, only forever ago did they worship pagan gods, but that's not true. You and I worship pagan gods. I'll give you an example. When you put your career above Jesus, you are worshiping a pagan god. When you put your marriage above Jesus, you are worshiping a pagan god. When you put anything that you elevate, um, good things, that get elevated to primary things become idols. Jesus is the only primary thing. He is the only, he is the only thing from which flows order. Yes, there is order in my life. I do, I do have order in my life, but Jesus has to be number one or I'm worshiping pagan idols. And so what I wanna do as a church is I think it's a season, a time of repentance and just getting rid of any kind of thing that's in my life that is, uh, that is a pagan thing that I'm worshiping, you know, and reorienting around Jesus is king. Jesus is number one. So we are recommitting to God that we're gonna be faithful to God. But here's what God says in reply. If you go to uh, the bottom of this thing, it says, God said to Jacob, I am God Almighty. Be, fru uh, be fruitful and multiply a nation and a company of nations shall come from you, and kings shall come from your own body. The land that I gave to Abraham and Isaac, I will give to you, and I will give the land to your offspring after you. Right before that, God says, your name is Jacob. No longer shall you be called Jacob, but Israel shall be your name. I am the Lord Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations shall come from you. You know, we say to God, God, we're renewing our commitment to you. We're renewing our faithfulness to you. We're, re we're renewing that you alone are the one that we're gonna worship. Last week we had an amazing moment in worship. Uh, Jesus, only you will I serve, Jesus. We're saying that to God. But what God is saying to you and to me today is, hey, the promises that I gave the past generations, I'm giving them to you now. I'm giving them to you. And so we are stepping into a new name. We are stepping into a new day. But that new name and that new day has to do with our destiny and our future, and it's the promises of God. You know, the, the promises that God has spoken to the Father's house, to encounter, to Christian life, and I'm claiming my grandparents' church as well, the promises that he spoke over Cardio Church, I'm claiming all of those as our inheritance. I'm claiming all of those as the things that God has for, for us. So what you can see here is that there's this season where God is changing Jacob's name to Israel. Israel is recommitting to be faithful to God and God is recommitting his promises to Israel. That's what's happening right now. Our name is changing. We're going through a season of recommitting our faithfulness to God and God is recommitting his faithfulness to us. This is a powerful moment. All throughout scripture, names change when God wants to do something with your identity. Abram becomes Abraham. Sarai becomes Sarah. There's some debate here about Saul becomes Paul because technically Saul and Paul are the same name, but Saul is the Jewish expression of the name 
and Paul is the Gentile expression of the name. I'm gonna argue here today that his identity did change when he said, you will be known as Paul. It wasn't a literal name change, but here's what it was. Saul identified as the Jew of all Jews. I'm a perfect Jew, I get everything right, and when God got a hold of him, he said, no, I have a different plan for you. You're gonna be known as Paul. And to a guy who thought, I'm the Jew of all Jews, to be told you're actually gonna be known for your Gentile name, man, that, that was a shift in his identity. Even though it wasn't a literal name change, that was like, man, your identity is changing here. That's what God is doing to us today. Whenever God changes an identity, he's not, he's not going back on old promises, he's going bigger on old promises. I love the line here, a nation and a company of nations will come from you. Not just a nation, but a company of nations, like a ton of them will come from you. So that's kind of spiritually what's going on here today. I wanna to kind of take you through a journey of the history of our name as Christian life. Um, I could do this with Father's House and I could do this with Encounter, but uh, I could do this you know, on, on and on and on, but I'm just gonna take Christian life for just a second. Christian life was started in 2002 in my parents' living room. Uh, there was four couples that were there. They were all involved in starting the church. My parents, from the very beginning, wanted to build a church that was a life-giving church. A life-giving church. You know the churches that aren't very life-giving. They suck the life right out of you. You know the churches where you walk in and they're singing songs about how Jesus is alive and you're like, is he though? Because you're not really acting like it. <laughs> I heard a story of there, there was a, a black man who was a custodian of a church. It was an old Baptist church, and he was this custodian of this church. And on Sunday, he tried to come to church one Sunday. This was in a really ugly time in our church's history, not our church, our world's history. He, he, he tried to come to church that Sunday, and he wanted to worship alongside the people uh, at, the, at the church that he took care of. So he comes to church, he tries to walk in, and the all-white congregation says, you're not welcome here, you can't worship here. So he left the church and he stood outside and he was crying and he said, God, like, they won't let me in the church, I'm so upset, they won't let me in the church, what do I do? And, and, and he said that Jesus said back to him, hey, don't worry, buddy, I've been trying to get into that church for the last 50 years and I'm not allowed in that church. <laughs> A church that has Jesus here is full of life. A church that has Jesus here is full of diversity. A church that has Jesus here is full of expression and energy and excitement and passion. Uh, Pope Francis had my parents to the Vatican and one of the things he said is I don't understand how do Protestant churches like yours get so much life in, in, in the church, right? Because it's not just an old tradition. Tradition is good, I love tradition, but it's not something that is an irrelevant old tradition. It is fully alive in our services. So from the beginning of the church, we, we wanted the church to be a life-giving church. Not a place where when you leave, you feel like you had your soul sucked out of you, but a place where when you leave, you feel like, the Bible says that the spirit of prophecy is to cheer up, build up, and encourage, right? lift up. And so when you leave this place, if the spirit of prophecy is here, if the Holy Spirit is here, the Holy Spirit's title is called the comforter. 
So when you leave this place, you should feel comforted, you should feel encouraged, you should feel built up. Are you gonna be challenged? Yeah. Are you gonna repent? Yeah. Are you gonna turn from this and that? Yeah, but you're gonna feel life. You're gonna meet life in our church. You're gonna meet life because his name is Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. We are a life-giving church. Jesus is alive and well in this church. And so, and so we wanted to be a life-giving church. So the only word that they really cared about in the name of our church was the word life. They wanted life to be in the name. So they had a group of people that were working together to name the church, come up with a name, and the first name for our church was Christian Life Worship Center, okay? Christian Life Worship Center. I remember that too, okay. Christian Life Worship Center. Uh, today, if you flip over some chairs in our church, you'll still see CLWC written on all kinds of stuff, CLWC. And our, and our first logo was Christian Life Worship Center with a yellow swoop under it. And Becky Long made it, and it was awesome at the time, and then times change, right? And so Christian Life Worship Center. Life was the only word my parents cared about, but then obviously, hey, well, we wanna make sure that people know that we're Christian. We're a brand new church, and we have no history. We wanna make sure people know we're Christian. We wanna make sure that we're a worshiping church, and so we're gonna put worship in the name. Right, we, I don't know why they picked center, but, it, but it's center. So Christian Life Worship Center. In about 2010, my dad just kind of changed the name of the church, really without even telling anybody, <laughs> to Christian Life Church. He dropped Worship Center, and he started just saying Christian Life or Christian Life Church. There was no announcement. There was no update. It was just, hey, what's up, Christian Life? And then, welcome to Christian Life Church. And worship center got dropped, and I'm sure someone left the church over it. I have no idea. Um, people leave the church over the dumbest stuff. I remember we had, sorry, if I can go on a healing moment for just a second. <laughs> I remember we had, a, we had an analog clock on the back wall. Like, it had hands and a ticking thing, right? And the batteries kept dying on it. So my dad ordered a digital clock and put it on the back wall, and it was atomic, so it was like perfectly timed, okay? We are German, Germans are precise. One thing you love about the church, whether you've ever said it or not, is that we start on time. You know where that came from? We put a clock on the back wall, and we were like, hey, we say we start at nine, we should start at nine. If we start at 9.05, we've already lost people's trust because we said we were gonna start at nine, and we didn't. So let's start at nine o'clock, right? That, that's, that's, so whatever. So we put that on the back wall. I'm not even kidding. People were like, we have a digital clock now? <laughs> Are we just all about time now? We're not, we're not gonna let the Holy Spirit move? I remember my dad was like, we had a clock there before. Now we just have a better clock. <laughs> we're just not gonna let the Holy Spirit move anymore now that we have a digital clock and it's red. Oh, look at that red. Hell is red. No, the blood of Jesus is red, idiot. <laughs> God bless him. They came back six months later because they got ticked at another church. So um, Christian Life Church. Then we just started saying Christian Life. Christian Life. Christian Life. That's, that's what we started saying, just Christian Life. And um, I, I, love, I love the word Christian. I am all about Christianity. I am all about 
Orthodox Christianity, when I say Orthodox Christianity, what I mean is that I don't believe that we are somehow novel and awesome in the fact that when we read scripture, we are somehow in an enlightened people group that is so smart and we are so, no, I actually, I'm gonna believe that the way the Bible has been interpreted for the last 2,000 years has been faithfully interpreted by many people. Now, there's people who get it wrong, there's people, but what I mean is the, the, the body of church fathers who have protected, literally, we wouldn't have a Bible today if there weren't church fathers who copied and copied and copied and copied it. And there was, there was whole book burnings where people were trying to burn out the Bible, and then guess what? All of the monks and all the friars who were writing all the scripture down, they saved the Bible just by copying it and copying it and copying it. And so I'm gonna stand with the people who went before us aren't dumb idiots, right? They cared too about what Jesus said. And, and so I'm gonna learn from the generation of the past. That doesn't mean that they always got everything right. But what it does mean is like I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna learn from that. So I love the word Christian because there's heritage, there's richness to it, there's, there's a legacy to it, but um, I think that if people can't tell that we're Christian from our meetings, like we've really dropped the ball, right? Like, well Kyle, why don't we have like a, a cross and a steeple in our building? If people can't feel Jesus in our space, like we have messed up. If people don't see and hear and, and hear his word, like we've really messed up. So we gotta be able to tell people we're Christians without our name saying Christian. Are you tracking with what I'm saying? Okay, so the word that I really care about here is the word life. That's the word that I love because it was the intention from the beginning and it's the word that to me just says who we are. Okay, our mission as a church today, we changed it last year, is to lead people to become fully alive in Jesus. John 10.10, 10, he says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come, Jesus has come, that you may have life and life to the fullest. If Jesus tells me that his purpose and his plan was that I would have life to the fullest, then I am, I am not uh, receiving the fullness of Jesus if I, don't, if I don't accept that mission of fully alive. I want, to, I want our church to be fully alive in Jesus. Now, what I don't mean by fully alive is that you're rich and wealthy and healthy and all that stuff. What I mean by fully alive in Jesus is that you are fully awake to who he is. You're fully alert to the fullness of God. You are walking in freedom and victory over addiction, over, over trauma, over hurts and pains. You are walking in a fullness of what God has paid for you. When Jesus died on the cross, there was a legal action that happened, and you have rights in the kingdom of God, and I want you to walk in the fullness of those rights. So good. So our mission as a church is fully alive in Jesus. Now, when you start getting into fully alive in Jesus, man, we start getting into stuff that we're not even doing now that we should be doing one day. Let me give you a for instance. We pray for people, and you know, after service, a lot of times we pray for people, and they've got something going on. There's times where God heals someone instantly. There's time where, where God breaks something instantly, but there are times where someone needs someone to put their arm around them and walk them through something. And so my hope and my vision in the future would be that we would have a whole team of Christian counselors and Christian um, nutritionists and trainers and, uh, and practitioners and all kinds of people who can help walk with people through 
trauma and issues in their life and all that, to, to bring them, um, there's, there's old Bible teaching that it's really a Gnostic idea, which Gnostic, Gnosticism is a heresy in, in the church, right? But Gnosticism, this idea that the body is somehow evil and wicked and it has no part in the kingdom of God. But that's not true at all. Jesus was fully man and fully God. He was fully God and fully man. That means that uh, Thomas Aquinas says that, tr- that the body or, or uh, grace does not get rid of nature, it redeems nature. It brings it to perfection. And so your body even, God cares about your body. He cares about your mind, your spirit, your attitude. He cares about your body. It's not just that he wants you just to come to heaven. He wants you to be fully alive. He wants your body to be fully alive. Your, your mind, are you tracking with me? And so when we talk about that, we start to get into how can we help people beyond just a Sunday morning service. This is always going to be the most important. I have to, I have to say that. If you, uh, Jesus said, if you enter the kingdom of heaven and you're missing an eye or missing an arm, it's better that you came into the kingdom of heaven like, than, than if you were perfect on earth and you didn't enter the kingdom of heaven. So it, your eternal state matters more than anything. That's why we preach Jesus. But the other things matter to God as well. So our mission is leading people to become fully alive in Jesus. Our vision, I shared this already last July, so I'm not gonna get into it too much here today. But it's studio, venues, discipleship, legacy, and beyond. One day I would love to see health be a part of what we do. I'd love to see um, all of it flowing first and foremost from Jesus and the gospel. You know, modern church sometimes hides inside the church and just has their little social club. But the early church, eventually as it became organized, they started hospitals, they started clinics, they, they were the center of the arts, right? So for me, our vision for our church is I want us to be a place of artistic expression. If we're fully alive in Jesus and we have fullness of life, we should be expressing and painting and singing. And, and so that's where studio comes in. But also, if we care about fullness of life, we should be helping the sick get hold, get whole, get healed, Right? And so, studio, venues, discipleship, legacy. Now, someone had a fair criticism to me the other day. They said, you keep putting studio first. Is that because you value it more? Shouldn't discipleship be first? I'll be completely honest with you how this came about. I drew out an org chart that started with big gatherings and small gatherings, venues and discipleship. And then I had to go outside of the org chart. (laughs) So, it's not, this is not order of value, right? The church is the center of everything we do. The gospel is the center of everything we do. But Chesterton says that church should be like a tree. It should be firmly rooted in the gospel and in history and in the past, and yet reaching far and wide and stretching to the heavens. He said the church shouldn't be progressive or, or conservative. The church should be the most conservative in terms of our root system and the most progressive in terms of our reach and our influence and our ideas. That's not a political statement. That is a, that's a, um, God's gonna give us new expression. He's gonna give us new ways of doing things. Here's another one. Jesus says to the disciples, cast your net on the other side. I want our church to be a place that is deeply rooted in the past, deeply rooted in the gospel, but yet when Jesus says to us, cast your nets on the other side, we're the church that actually does it, right? We're the people who are like, yeah, God, you can say that to us. We'll do a new system. We'll do a new model. We'll do a new idea. 
we'll, we will follow wherever you lead us. Are you tracking with me here today? So, um, so here's what's cool about this. This is where we get into legacy. Um, legacy is missions, church network with other churches, and our foundation, which is something we're starting in Richmond. Now, missions, church network, foundation, um, I believe that other churches matter. I believe that other ministries matter. I believe that partnering, we cannot do what God's called us to do by ourselves. We cannot. When Jesus said, cast your net on the other side, and they pulled up the fish, there were so many fish that other boats had to come alongside to pull in the fish. And so I, I want our church to be a place where God can give us new ideas, new expression, fresh vision or fresh strategies, and they're so effective that other churches have to partner with us. We can't, we can't disciple all these people. There's too many of them. We, we don't know what to do with all this, so we're gonna have to partner with other churches. That's where legacy comes into play. So I say all this to say the name of our church cannot be something that is limiting to the point that, um, one, I don't want people to just write it off right away. There's kind of been a, a, a move for the last 20 years to just pick a word and then add church to it, right? Like activate church or, um, I don't know. I don't wanna say them because they all are real churches and I don't want them to think I'm making fun of them. Um, but literally, you could just pick a word and then just put church after it, like, you know, whatever. I'm, I can't do it, okay. Um, because I promise it exists. No matter what word I say, that church exists. Um, but what happens, I believe, is when people hear, where do you, or, hey, I wanna invite you to uh, such and such church. I think as soon as people hear that word church, a lot of times, people shut down, oh, I already know what that is. I already know what that is. You know that the early church, they didn't know what it was. The people outside of the church were so confused as to what was going on inside the church and they were so intrigued as to what was going inside the church. They were celebrating communion and people outside of the church were like, what's going on in there? Are they cannibals? I hear that they're eating Jesus's flesh and drinking his blood. Are they cannibals? My point is that there was more interest in the early church because they didn't know what to call it or what, what is this, right? It's a, it was a fresh expression, but I think now, because there's familiarity with it, oh, it's church, oh, I already know what that is. Been there, done that, bought the t-shirt, you know, whatever, right? Um, by the way, t-shirts. Stop going to Goodwill and taking your Christian Life shirts and dropping them off there. <laughs> there was an event we were doing and we were looking for like a shirt and so we ran to Goodwill and we were going through and it was like all the red groups shirts was like groups, 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 groups. <laughs> oh, you guys are awful. Um, um, I already know what church is. I already know what church is. Okay, so I wanna name that, that recaptures some of what the early church had going on. What is that? Can you explain that to me? What's going on there, right? That's, that's kind of what the early church had going on. Um, so here we go. So fully alive in Jesus, our mission is always flowing from the church, but the gospel is flowing out through creative expression, expressions through studio. It's flowing out through justice and mercy in the foundation. Eventually, hopefully, there's a health wing of our church that is flowing out. The church and the gospel is the center, but the arms are far reaching. And so we need a name that can reach far. Um, 
So the word I wanna to commit here to today is the word life. That's the word I wanna to commit to. That was the hope from the beginning, that was the mission from the beginning, that was the value from the beginning, a life-giving church. Okay, great, so let's do life church. No, let's not do life church. Um, there's five million life churches. There's one life church that I really love. It's Craig Rochelle, who, who pastors an awesome church. They're kicking butt. Life church, I love that. Let's not do life church. There's already a ton of those. Um, so let's find another word together for um, what could you call a body of believers or a group of people who have you know, a common interest or a common purpose. Before I get into this, um, I wanna back up and tell you, in the fall of 2019, before I knew that I was gonna be the pastor of the church, before there was anything on the radar that I could even be the pastor of the church, I was driving through Richmond, and the name that I'm about to tell you literally popped into my head out of nowhere. I just left a coffee shop called Pomona, and I was driving through, and I was driving through Richmond, and the name hit me, and I was gonna tell my dad, hey, we should rename the church to this, and the Holy Spirit just kind of stopped me and said, not the right time, and so I just wrote it down, and I, and I just kind of dropped it. Um, my wife, in January, January or February, had a dream, January, February of 2020, she said, Kyle, I had a dream that you became the pastor of the church, that we merged with Encounter Christian Church, and that we renamed the church too, and then she said the name. So now I'm kinda like, okay, whoa, this is crazy. So when the first thing happened and I became the pastor, I was like, my wife is prophetic and this is scary. Then when the next thing happened and we merged with Encounter, I'm like, this is scary. So now I have to do the third one because the first two were right, right? Um, so I feel like God is in this even though it's about to get a little weird here. Okay, here we go. Um, let's do Life Tabernacle. No. Let's do Life Temple. No. Let's do Life Fellowship of the Brethren, whatever. No. That's the one, guys. That's the one. Um, I'm going to go back to the verse that I just read to you. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation and a company of nations will come from you. A company of nations. What the heck is company? What is that word? In the book of Numbers, all of Israel is broken up into companies. If you go through, if you go through Numbers, you see over and over and over. And the number of this company was five, you know, 50,000, and the number of this company is 46,000, and the number of this company is, you see that over and over and over in the book of Numbers. Israel was broken up into companies. Luke 24, 22, it says some of the women of our, of our company, or there's some awesome women in our company, essentially, that have really amazed us. They went early to the tomb, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had seen a vision of angels saying that he had risen. In the resurrection narrative of Jesus, in, in the ESV, I'm not talking about some crazy translation here, Luke 24, 22 says, the women of our company have amazed us. They went and they saw that, that the tomb was empty and they came back. So they had like a company of believers. Luke 2, 13, a great company of heavenly hosts came to worship Jesus when he was born. 
that, that's a verse that I've read in many translations, a great multitude of heavenly hosts. God is, like literally it dropped in my spirit recently, a great company of heavenly hosts came to worship Jesus when he was born. Romans 15, 30 through 32 says, I appeal to you, brother, uh, brothers, by the Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. Get this, here we go. So that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. So there's a, there's a company that's refreshing. There's a company that is refreshing to Paul and he wants to be there. Uh, 1 Corinthians 15.33 says that bad company corrupts good morals. So now we have this whole idea that there's good company and there's bad company. Deuteronomy 30.15 says, I have set before you both life and death, good and evil. Now choose life. So we can have a company that's good and we can have a company that's bad or we could have a life company. We could have a company that chooses life, right? Uh, as Deuteronomy says, Oh, you just said it, Kyle, the name of the church is Life Company. No, the name of the church is Life Co. That is gonna be the name of the church as we move forward. The name of the church moving forward is gonna be Life Co. I'm gonna read to you a couple definitions of the word company for just a second. Uh, definition number one. Uh, a group of individuals gathered together especially for a particular purpose. What is our church? What is a church? Who are we? Like, who, who are, like, what is, the, what is this right here? Well, we're a gathering of people who have a particular purpose, and that is to see people become fully alive in Jesus. All right, number two, here we go. Definition number two. The fact or condition of being with another or others, especially in a way that provides friendship and enjoyment. What is this right here? This is friendship. This is enjoyment. I want to be with you. I want to be around you, right? Definition number three. A person or people seen as a source of friendship and enjoyment. Life Co. is going to be a place where you got some people around you who are enjoyable. You can enjoy them. They are friends. And we are all about helping people become fully alive in Jesus. Now, I already know there's some people here who are like, but company, that's kind of like a business word. Long before this was ever a business word, it was a Bible word that meant gatherings of people, right? Um, it, was a, it was a word where you would say, we're having company over, right? Friends, people that we're connecting with. It was a word that you would say, um, military terms, our company, what is a company? It's a group of people who have a purpose together. They're fighting a thing together or they're, 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 they're the brotherhood, right? They're, they're doing something together. So long before this was ever like a business term, that's what it is. And I want to reclaim that. When Jesus says, a na or when God says, a nation and a company of nations will come from you. I want our church to reclaim, not only is God calling us to be a nation, he's saying that you will have many nations come from you. I wanna translate that to church. Not only is God gonna build our church, but I, 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 wanna, I want us to be a place that we see a fruitful and multiplication. We're not just a church, we're a company of churches, right? We're not just uh, one believer, we're a company of believers. There is, there's a group here, there's a gathering here that's all about becoming fully alive in Jesus. Um, I, got, I got a question. 
someone said, okay, when do I get my new bumper sticker? <laughs> in a couple weeks, in a couple weeks, we're going to have, this is not the logo, by the way. This is just trying to communicate the idea while we're creating the new logo. Um, well, Kyle, the old logo is a C and an, uh, and an L. Yeah, but this is a LC, so we're not going to use that old logo. We're going to do something different. It's going to be awesome. And um, in a couple weeks, we're going to have new bumper stickers here. You can put them on your car. It's going to be great. And here's what here's what I here's my heart here. Um, my my hope and my there's this there's this idea that I think I've shared it before, but um, Chesterton has this idea of a boy who hates England and he wants to leave England, and so he gets on a ship and he leaves and he and he travels far, and a storm comes and it pushes him around and all whatever, and then he lands on an island and he gets off the island and he walks around and he goes, "This place is amazing. This place is so amazing. Look at this castle over here and look at this thing over there and look at this culture, man. This is so fascinating." He says, "Sir, where am I?" to a to a man on the island. "Sir, where am I?" And he says, "Welcome to England. You've just arrived in England." And Chesterton uses this to say that sometimes you have to walk away from the known to get people back to recapturing the, the beauty and the wonder of it. And there's a thing called banner blindness, where when people see church, there's just an immediate shutdown. And my hope and my prayer is that as we move forward as LifeCo, someone says, where do you go to church? I go to LifeCo. What is LifeCo? What is that? And the only thing you'll be able to say to them is, I'm saving you a seat this Sunday. <laughs> I, can't, I can't explain it. You just have to come experience it. I'm saving you a seat this Sunday. Well, what is Life Co.? Well, I, I don't want us to ever try to unpack it with words to somebody. Well, it's got this and it's got this. No, I want us to say, I'm saving you a seat Sunday. Can't wait to see you there. That's my hope and my prayer as we move forward as Life Co. Let me pray over you today. If you love the name, tell me on social media. Tell me, text me, email me if you love it. If you don't love it, you will love it in three weeks, okay? You will get over it. You will learn to love it. You really love, you really love the church because it's our church. You love us for who we are, not for what our name is, right? Um, the name for me is just an identity shift in going bigger on what God has called us to be. And so I'm going to pray a prayer over you. God, I pray right now for the beginnings of what is Life Co. I thank you, Jesus, that we are a body of believers gathered together for the purpose of Jesus and seeing people become fully alive in Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, for what you're doing in our church. Thank you for what's gonna come out of our church. Thank you for a new day. Thank you, God, that as we recommit faithfulness to you, we put aside our idols, we put aside worship of other gods as we recommit to you you have already recommitted to us that you are going to be faithful to the promises that you've made i thank you right now and i ask your blessing and your favor over life co right now in jesus name come on everyone said hey before we jump in before we jump into this worship song i want to invite you to the first life co event gathering on august 7th as we go into a relaunch of our church we are going to a richmond flying squirrels game as a church together um, this is literally just to hang out. This is just to have fun together. This is just to connect. This is just to make friendships. And, um, and this is also to see Life Co. on a big sign out at a Richmond Flying Squirrels game. How cool would that be? Um, 
the game starts at 6.05 on August 7th, and you can get tickets right now if you go to christianlife.info slash baseball. christianlife.info slash baseball. You can get tickets right now. They're $8 for adults. Under four, they're free. And I just think it'd be so cool for all of us to just come together and hang out. Come on, who wants a good church picnic again, somebody? So just come and hang out together as, and, and build relationships and friendships because when we come into September, we're coming into September as Life Co. It's gonna be really awesome. All right, let's stand, let's worship. God, we love you. We worship you, we trust you, we believe you. We're fully alive in Jesus. It's a new day, it's a new vision. God, we are recommitting to you and you are recommitting to us. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for what you're doing. And right now, in Jesus' name, we're gonna worship you, we're gonna honor you, we're gonna lift you up in Jesus' name. Come on, let's worship.